have a few minutes? You won't believe what you can do with it. Open a Regions checking account online in as little as five minutes. Then enjoy award-winning service and banking tools and tech that help you live in the moment. Learn more at regions.com slash live in the moment. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Gas South Convention Center, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank, member FDIC. And greetings and salutations, everybody. It is your slightly annoying host, Stephen Julian. Welcome to another hopefully award-winning edition of Gwinnett Business Radio from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios here at Business Radio X. And we are brought to you by Regions Bank. We're so grateful for all our sponsors. I am so grateful to have as my co-host. You know what? I'll wait on that because I actually am excited about our two guests. We're going to be talking to Richard Culberson from Moneypenny and Richard Young from Country Financial. We are coming to you from the Gath South District Convention. Convention Center. And now I'm going to bring in my co-host because I think I covered everything. It is Mr. Mike Salmon with me again this morning. Two weeks in a row, Stephen. Yes. Last week you hosted. This week I decided to... Well, we're both to, hosting. We're, uh, yes. You're opening. I'm opening. Okay. You're so the we opening are, act. So we're both co-hosts or we're both hosts? How can you both... Okay. We're you know co- what? That's a uh, esoteric philosophical you're be- question. You know what? You're becoming slightly annoying. I'm overthinking. I was watching Frasier last night and as his main problem, I always overthink. Actually, let's get to the meat of the show. Let's get to the main reason why people are listening. That is our fantastic guest. I'm excited to welcome Richard Culberson from Moneypenny into the studio. Richard, welcome to Business Radio X. Hey, Stephen. Great to be here. Absolutely. Moneypenny, of course, everybody hears that. We all have the same thought, but it's actually a business. So before we get to the cool little sidebar of what the name everybody remembers from movies, tell everybody about Moneypenny, the business, and what you guys do. Sure thing. And you've got the reference right. Uh, so Moneypenny, uh, we are virtual receptionists, premium contact centers, and live chat for businesses, uh, ranging from small businesses up to very large businesses. Uh, we're in the marketplace as the Moneypenny brand, as well as Voice Nation. Okay. Now, what you just said of what you do is kind of unique, and I think people maybe could break it down, but if a business is using Moneypenny and some of those services, what does it look like in their business? Sure. I think probably the best analogy that I always use is we're basically the front door for a business. So we recognize that Every business looks a little bit different. How do clients engage with our customers? How do we make sure that when someone walks in, whether it's a partner, a vendor, a customer, that when they open that door, that they're greeted in the right way? So whether that's creating sales opportunities, support uh, engagements, uh, just making connections between relationships, making sure that looks like we are part of the business. So that's one of the differences that we have is we really look like we're there manning the front door as part of your own business. Not too long ago, at least in terms of my lifetime, when, when you were talking about the front door, that was usually a person on the phone or someone at the door, someone physically walking into a brick and mortar location. But today, there are so many different types. Can you break down of those different services, of those kind of front door services, are we are we strongly heading one way? Is it kind of balanced between chat and live call? Talk a little bit about the the metrics, if you will. Sure. If you look at technology and the way business evolves, it moves so quickly and there's a lot going on. But I think one of the things that really stands out is it's the, the art of conversation is still there. 
So one of the things that we found the most important thing is that someone is there having a conversation, able to engage, and able to meet the needs of the business and that the customers are calling in to support on. So we do multiple channels. We try to make sure that we get wherever that is. So if it's on a phone call, whether it's going to their website, which commonly is overlooked, so quite often there's not any real engagement. It's very static, so how do you make that personalized? Um, but also whether it's text uh, messaging back and forth, making it inbound or outbound calls as well. Just trying to make sure that however a customer wants to engage with a business, that we can make sure that we're there. I think one of the things that business leaders that might be listening, I, I definitely pick up when you say static. So so somebody has a website and, and there's no real interaction or there's no, is not a good interaction. I think the other side of that spectrum might be people start hearing this and go, well, I don't want to inundate because I've been, I think we all have an experience of a bad experience of they just won't stop texting me. They won't stop, you know, they're, they're, they just flood you. So what makes your services kind of unique? And like you said, kind of relational, uh, a little more of, of having a conversation. Sure. And it, and it does all start with the people. Ultimately, it's a people business. So we, we say that quite often, but if you look at who answers the phone, it's a person. So how do we make sure that person understands the business, has a tone and a tenor that one people want to engage with. So it's kind of a mix. We start with hiring the best people and making sure they're trained and they understand the sectors they're supporting. So if you're a legal firm, when someone calls in, we understand what a case number is. We understand why somebody might be calling in. We make that really a personal touch. And we support the people by technology. That's the thing you also may have to play with as well. Uh, we have our own in-house development pl develop platform because what we realize that there's no one really that does this well. So how do we make sure that if you want a very scripted interaction, we can do that. We can get exactly the information you want. If you want more personalized when someone comes in to talk to your business, we can make that as loose and fluid as you'd like. So we try to make sure that we tailor to the business, the needs of the business and the customers they're serving. Our guest is Richard Culberson. He's the CEO of North America for Moneypenny, and you're listening to Gwinnett Business Radio. Uh, Richard, I first heard about Moneypenny maybe, what, three, four years ago when you opened up the North American offices right here down the street on Sugarloaf Parkway in Duluth, Georgia. Uh, the growth since then has been phenomenal. Talk a little bit about maybe the secret to your success and, and why you're finding that more and more people are seeking your services. Sure. Very proud to be part of Gwinnett County, and we've really seen great success throughout Sugarloaf, so it's great to be part of the community as part of that as well. Um, really, I, I keep, I'll repeat the same fact. It, it comes down to people. Um, we've been really, and I've been, obviously the most important thing is finding that talent, nurturing, and make sure to stay with the company. Um, I've been amazed at how well we've been able to do that, and we really think that's a big piece of the culture. Um, we built our office here out in the pandemic. Um, and we've tried to make sure that it doesn't look like a standard contact center where people are just kind of moving around through a warehouse. It's personalized. We have a section called the middle that looks like you're literally in the UK office that we have. It's built out. It's personal. There's food available. People come in and out. There's chat. There's community. We really try to foster that to make sure that people are tied in and engaged. And you you started the U.S. branch, and, and Moneypenny does start in the U.K., kind of started in the U.K., is there any significant differences in how they kind of run things in the UK? Maybe it's cultural. Maybe they've been, maybe they've got different access to different things. I don't know. So I'm showing my, my uh, ignorance in a way, but is, is there anything different or is, or are the businesses basically kind of run the same uh, across the pond? Uh, similarities. I, th I think probably most importantly, so in the UK, we are the market leader. So we've been in place since 2000 as a brother sister combination that came and saw that the market wasn't being served to make sure there was this personalized interaction um, so the business there has grown tremendously and is now the market leader. We are uh, still growing uh, for a little, little, lot more early in our maturity curve, if you will, uh, but very pleased to be able to serve across all those sectors um, and to be able to grow. So we try to build off of the back of the strengths of that where there are common best practices, 
but we know that the needs of U.S. customers are different. So how do we make sure that we're speaking in a tone and interacting with customers in a way that they like to? So it's actually been an interesting learning experience for me. So as you look at some of the English and the Welsh background and how they engage with their clients, there are some differences in the way that our customers want us to engage their customers. So we try to build off the back and the strengths of it, but then also probably it's kind of the 80-20 rule. 80% to building off where the strengths are, but 20% making sure that we're doing everything that fits to be have that personalized service we talked about. Stephen, you mentioned across the pond. I don't know if you know this, but Moneypenny is located and based in Wrexham, Wales. Hmm. Now, up until a year and a half ago, most of us, including myself, never heard of Wrexham. Now, Wrexham is it's, it's off the map. Do you, do you know why? Yes, because of the Ryan Reynolds uh, and his friend buying the buying the football team, and yeah. they're, they're doing a show about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and it's been funny because I've watched that series. I've seen the Money Penny signage in the background, mm-hmm. and to find out that they're based there. And Richard and I were talking before you got here before the show. There's some connections there between the Wrexham football and and Money Penny. Talk about that, and talk about how it's affected the company and how it's affected Wrexham. It's an amazing story. Sure. It's just wild when you look about it. So I, I've been learning a lot about Wrexham. Actually, I was out there. I flew back into the States yesterday. I was out there all week last week just enjoying the Welsh countryside and the country out there. It's, it's a beautiful country, and it's a beautiful town. Um, but if you look at the background, the, the show is fascinating. So Rob and, uh, Rob and Ryan buying the club, uh, actually some of our finance directors are the ones that sold them. So the town used to own the club. So they came in, and there's a, there's a great tide with the football, football club that we have. Um, and what it's done for that town is tremendous. If it's, there's a passion that it's just hard to imagine if you haven't seen it. Um, so we're excited about it. So all through July, the club is actually in the States. So coming through to North Carolina, San Diego, and Philadelphia. Um, so we're definitely going to make the most of it, come out there, see the club, and they're playing other premier leagues, Chelsea and Man U. Um, so it's been a great it's a learning experience for me. I'm learning about offsides and making sure I know. Uh, and and, and relegation it. and all that? Yes. Because yes. it, it's like if the Braves played really bad, they moved, be moved right. to AAA. Right. But in this case, Wrexham actually has moved up in the last year. Yeah, that was huge. After the first season of the show was really about the football club and coming together and investing in the club. So the second season, uh, not not to give away any of the secrets, but uh, they had a tremendous year and they were actually promoted up into the league. So it's a it's a it's a great win for the community. Um, and you can really see that investment start to play through already. Um, so it's been a great part of it. Speaking of investment, uh, you've been talking in, in in the couple of the questions we've uh, mentioned. Obviously, with what you guys do, people is is so important, and and you keep saying that, and it and it becomes clear. And so you've also Money Penny, and and I believe this is for here in the states. Uh, you've been recently been awarded great places to work, uh, great place to work status. So. I'm imagining, yes, the people are a lot of the reason why it's a great place to work, but there's got to be some of the other stuff, some of the things you guys are providing them, the, the environment. You talked a little bit about that middle area. Talk about that, that award, what it means to you guys, and just kind of how you got it. Sure. No, great places to work. It's, it's fantastic. It's incredibly important because I think we're very proud of what we do internally and the culture that we've created and how we foster that, but also being recognized for that. Um, as we need to recruit and build more talent coming in and as we're serving our clients, that's important for the people we serve too because those people become part of their business. So how do we tie that in? And we found that you've really got close relationships. They start to know that receptionist and who's interacting with that business. They know the names. Um, so it's incredibly important as we go. Um, when I look at how we build, really, we've always done a good job with the big things. So we just had our summer party. It was a Western-themed. There was riding a bull, getting engaged. Um, so we've always done that pretty well. One thing that we've really invested lately is starting to do the small things. 
So how do you make sure when somebody comes in there, someone says hello? We've got this office. There's this engagement that you can constantly have. So trying to make sure it's the little things are done right. Um, and to be honest, that's where you've seen the really big lift. I think a lot of people do the big things really well from time to time. It's about, especially when uh, a lot of our team is on calls all day long, which can be a tough day. So how do we make sure that they feel engaged and valued and we're constantly doing the little things to help make their day a little bit better? Well, and, and you talked about kind of front door and first contact. That's what you guys are for businesses. And I, and I think that can be so overlooked. Or I think it can be looked down upon almost, if I may use that phrase. That's not your words. Those are mine. And yet there, you only get one time to make a first impression. You, you, first impressions can go so far. Getting someone on the phone, that first contact with a, with a law firm or, or with a, a sales company, and they know what they're talking about. They are, they're not just there collecting a paycheck. It, you can make such a big difference for your clients and, and your, your team can and maybe they don't always get to see it. Maybe that's part of also the secret of what you guys got to do. Show them the results that they're giving to the client. So um, I'm sorry, I was just preaching there for a little bit. So I, you know, it's a free marketing from from the slightly annoying host. Um, what do you guys see on the future? I mean, I I mentioned the question that it wasn't that long ago that it was pretty much all phone. Maybe a little email chat became a thing what's next? What's around the corner? What, where are you guys obviously looking to continue the rapid growth, but are there other things on the horizon you see in the idea of kind of being a front door for a business? Sure. And it's, it's really building on the needs of our clients ultimately and what they're asking and when we're not meeting some of their needs. So we try to make sure we have as many conversations with them as we can. Um, a couple of things that we found that we're expanding to now, uh, we're not doing intake services, uh, as well as outbound calling. So that's something that historically they haven't had somebody necessarily can do it. So I think the big thing what we're trying to do is we can allow small businesses to look big to their customers and also let large businesses look small. So you still have that personalization as a piece of it. So it, it's interesting because it hits on both sides. Um, so having conversations with the clients and actually our receptionists because they're that front line, they hear a lot of what these asks are. So if we go back and say, would they also enjoy outbound dialing or is this something that's not being met do they need live chat because quite often we go out to their website and we see it static it's not living up to the same conversations they have on the phone so it's really listening and engaging is probably the biggest thing and and i'm glad you said the uh big big businesses looking small and small businesses looking big because i think there might be some small business owners who are listening to this show and think well i can't use money penny they're, they're working with the big boys talk a little bit about some of the ways you've helped particularly some of the smaller businesses and i'll let you decide whether you want to give some exact examples or how small is is too small but Give some of the ways that somebody who's kind of grinding it out, really building their own small business empire, but go, I can't use money penny. They're beyond my services. Talk about ways you, they can interact with you. Sure. I think when we're doing, when we're on our best day, one of the things that we really do is understand, let the businesses that we're serving do what they do best. So you don't want to be, if you're a dry cleaner, the last thing you want to do is answering phones. You want to be able to do your service make the money that you need off the back and let us do what we do best and represent. And it, it, you do need a trusted partner to do that. And that, especially for small business, that's very personal for someone else to be repping your business and to be on the front, uh, to be that front door or manning the front door. So that's something that we, we focus a lot on. Well, Richard, we may have buried the lead a little bit, and I want to congratulate you because you were recently named the CEO of North America for Money Penny. I know the company's very excited about having you come on board. Talk a little bit about Richard Culberson and where you came from and what you bring to Money Penny. Sure. Uh, I much prefer to talk about the business, but I guess a little bit of background on myself. Uh, so, yes, I'm joining 
Um, very excited to be here. I think it really represents the investment that the, the company is making in the U.S. And we know this is where a lot of the growth of the company will come from. I've been in Atlanta for 22 years, I believe, at this point. Um, I worked with some great Atlanta companies. I uh, was with Anderson Consulting and Accenture, working with a lot of local companies, helped open the Georgia Aquarium uh, back in the day and a couple of fun projects like that. Uh, but then moved into one of the great companies in Atlanta w- with Cox Enterprises. Uh, was Cox Communications and was in their corporate strategy team. And we stood up new businesses and scaled those uh, over the past decade, a home security, home health. Uh, so really my passion has been of how do we take a good idea, because I'm not the idea guy, uh, and then scale that up. So how do you make sure we put the people in the right places um, and understand what our customer needs are as we build that out over time? So that's what I'm really excited about joining Moneypenny at this point of we've got a great idea. We've got a great business. How do we make sure that the people are doing what we need to serve our clients right? Um, and then make sure they're investing in the people as well as the innovation that we do on the technology side to make it grow. And go, no, nope. I'll just, just say what's really cool is is that uh, we are now new neighbors because uh, with us moving into the Gas South District a couple months ago, we are little literally what two blocks from from your from your office. Come on over. <laughs> I, I will, and, and I will say I've been there before, Steve, and you've got to visit. It, it is an amazing place. Nice, yeah. So we've both now preached the 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 merits of Money Penny. So I, I think there's only one more thing to do, and that's to get out of Richard's way. And Richard, for those businesses who have needs, for those businesses who are looking to improve the front doors of their business, if I can use your words, how do they get in touch with Money Penny? And also, if I oh, can add, okay, if I'll, yeah. I, I'm sure you're also looking, <laughs> always looking for good people, too. So Absolutely. for those that are also looking for maybe an opportunity, a career opportunity, where do they need to go? Sure. Absolutely. Go to moneypenny.com. And also the, our other brand in the marketplace is voicenation.com. Um, you can both go out there and see those uh, live. Probably one of the best things is make sure you practice what you preach. So if you go on there, you'll see our live chat will pop up in the corner. And that is actually someone sitting in our office uh, waiting to engage. So whether that's looking at prospects, existing customers, or if you're looking for a job, um, we are always hiring uh, and very excited to be serving the market. And like I said, ink not. And I know there's at least one person listening, and there's probably a few that were like, you guys talked about how it's Money Penny, and that's got to do with Bond. Clearly, that the name came from Miss Money Penny from Bond Films. You'll, you'll have to, because I'm not a James Bond person. You'll have to fill me in on that. Ah, okay. Yeah. That was the secretary. That was the office administrator. And so that's it, that's the clear connection, right? She was the front door to get to M. She was really the one kind of secretly running everything and, and was the smartest and the wittiest and, the, and could handle Bond better than anybody else. Did I tell the story right? Is there anything that, that you want to add? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm barely... No, you did a lot better than I could. I mean, but that's, that's really, I think that's, it's the, and my father's a big Bond fan. So when I joined the company, we were just talking a lot about it. And it's, if you look at what she does, I think that's the most important thing is, is she is really running the show behind. She, she's that gatekeeper. She's the one who knows the business, can work backwards and forwards. I think it's a great reference in some Something that uh, is really stuck and grown over time. See, I, I just played the dumb guy just so you could get the story out. That's all. Oh, okay. So you, gave, you have actually seen Yeah, the yeah. Gave, you okay. gave me that look. Yeah. I was sitting, well, listen, you're a very honest man, Mike, and I thought, really? You've never seen a Bond film? So who's, I, who's your favorite James Bond? Oh, that's a sensitive question. <laughs> <laughs> who's my favorite? Well, Yours. so very similar to the conversation of who's everybody's favorite Saturday Night Live group, I think everybody's favorite James Bond is the... James Bond, who was James Bond while you were, especially in your formative years, kind of teenage years. Yes. So that was Roger Moore for me. I, yeah. I grew up watching Roger Moore. And, for, and now that I'm older and wiser, I'm like, okay, I can see why people wouldn't think he's the best. But he's my favorite because of all the cool gadgets and because of the wittiness and the sm- smugness. And he brought a little bit more humor to Bond than, you know, than the others. That's mine. What about you? 
I want to know Richards. Oh, okay. Uh, it's hard to beat Sean Connery. Yeah, it's, exactly. At the end of the day, I'd love exactly. to say Daniel Craig. A lot of a lot of done. Uh, it's been a lot of differences, but it's hard to beat Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. I'd go I Sean. totally agree. Because just because as a kid, when I introduced to the Bond, it was Sean Connery. Right. So that shows our ages. But again, that's and again, I. I Anybody's answer to that if, if you ask who's your favorite, then there's but, no wrong answer yeah. except R- R- Timothy. Dalton. Roger Moore is right up there, though. Yeah, Timothy Dalton Shaking is the only mustard. wrong answer. So, <laughs> by the way, if anyone hasn't seen uh, the uh, documentary about George Lazenby, fascinating documentary about and and his Bond was the most popular Bond in the movie theaters of all time up to that point. I mean, he beat all of Connery's. It's it's fascinating. So anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Richard Culberson, uh, CEO of North America, Money Penny. Thank you so much for being here today. Nice to meet you, Richard. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. All right. Uh, before we get to our next guest, do you want to remind everybody that uh, Business Radio X or Gwinnett Business Radio on Business Radio X does come to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios. Love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Everyone can enjoy big savings and a hassle-free experience at Subaru of Gwinnett. Go see their new place. Go see their awesome new lot where they have real people selling cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today or come in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, then check out their Facebook page and all their social media pages for the latest news, offers, and community events. All right, enough talking to Richard. Let's talk to Richard now. Let's talk to Richard. All right, so we are thrilled and excited to also have and especially have Richard Young from Country Financial in the studios. Richard, welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Country Financial. Wait a minute. Who's your favorite James Bond? Yeah. Sean Connery, of course. All right. Hard to beat the classic. Again, I don't disagree. Uh, Richard, you're with Country Financial. Uh, You are a financial advisor. Tell us a little bit about what you do, where your office is, and how you help people. So my office is located in Winder, Georgia. Um, But one of the things that we love to do in my office is actually going back to uh, having the great conversation and personalization of things. We like to deal with clients, both from a financial standpoint and a protection standpoint. So we can provide home, auto, business insurance. We also uh, create income replacement plans for people. So it's more than just life insurance. It's all about the financial wellness of the family or the business that we're dealing with. So Country Financial is uh, a national uh, organization. You are running one particular office, but I'm sure your clients are not just located in Winder. So in these conversations, is it something that's limited to geography? Or if if anyone is listening or someone in the metro area, talk a little bit about how you engage with your clients face-to-face or over Zoom or, or all the different ways you meet with them. That's a great question. I mean, we do do a lot of um, web type of interaction between clients through either uh, something like Zoom or Teams meeting or something like that. Uh, We also do in-house, in-office meetings, and sometimes we'll even go out to the place of business to help uh, with the clients as far as their insurance needs. Because, you know, as an underwriter in the field, we have to look at the things that are going on with those businesses so we can make some suggestions on some things that may not be covered currently because that's the worst thing you can do is have a claim and know, find out that you have no coverage for that. But uh, I am licensed in Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama, so I can serve clients in all three of those states. And uh, we do have a great team that takes care of everybody. So you talked a little bit about going to a business and kind of underwriting at a business, and you talked about insurance for business. This is Gwinnett Business Radio. A lot of business owners listen to our show. What are some of the more common mistakes that business owners make in terms of their financial plan, in terms of their 
financial protection, as you said, for so around investments and insurance. What, what uh, not to throw anyone under the bus, but more just kind of talk generally about business owners. They they are so focused on running their business and keeping their business afloat, which is rule number one, right? But what are some of the other rules they need to maybe pay attention to? Well, I see a lot of people that they just don't understand the type of coverages they have in their policies. So each business is unique in their particular needs. So we may see, okay, their liability limits are really, really low, especially if they have like a commercial auto. Um, I had an example of a client that came to me and, and they just had 25000 in liability insurance for a commercial auto policy. And we know these days that doesn't even buy a brand new car or even a used car. So we had to do some education and let them know, hey, this is what's at risk. You putting your business at risk by not carrying the proper liability coverage. Let's take care of that. Not having a plan for things like if it's a partnership between a couple of individuals, you know, do you have a buy-sell agreement in place? And if you do, is it actually funded or is it just a piece of paper that a lawyer created for you? I'm going to stop you right there. That's because the, uh, I think a lot of people, when they heard you say, do you have a buy-sell agreement? Of course I do. But I don't think they might not have heard that second part. And I and so a little bit of this is coming out of some personal stories in my life. So I'm going to let you kind of expand on that. What do you mean by is it funded? So a buy-sell agreement is just an agreement created by a lawyer for the business to specify certain things that may happen, such as, okay, what if one of the partners dies? Or what if the, uh, there's a divorce? Or you know, what if they're ready to retire? Or they cannot uh, work anymore because maybe had a stroke or something like that. So the piece of paper says what happens. But if you don't have vehicles behind it to fund those particular situations, such as either life insurance or a disability policy or anything other contingency type of things, planned, then that piece of paper is pretty much worthless because you'll have to come out of either the sell the business or you'll have to come out of pocket for the assets to fund those particular things. Or the person named as the beneficiary will become the partner. Correct. Even though they may not have any experience in running the business. That Sorry. is absolutely right. As you can tell, I've, I've sure. maybe gone down that road, not myself, but <laughs> had some people that I know that have done that. So uh, talk a little bit about Country Financial. You're a financial advisor. You also do insurance. Um, as someone who does that, uh, I would imagine you had kind of your pick of who you wanted to work with. There are other companies that do this. Why did you choose to align yourself with Country Financial? I really love what Country Financial stands for. Uh, we are a trust bank, so we operate a little bit different when it comes to the financial side of things. Uh, because we're not your normal uh, trade type of thing where we make money off of trades and things like that, that's not what we're all about. We're all about the family feel, and I really liked how that family uh, situation, family feel of country felt when I was looking to make my next move. Um, we've got a lot of great products and a lot of great teams that help out with all the different types of things. So not only do I do the financial side of things, but we also do the insurance side of things. So I'd love the ability to be able to help in all aspects of what my clients need. So when you talk about the different teams that you're working with, because I think somebody might be listening to this and think, man, he does insurance, he does business insurance, personal insurance, life insurance, disability, he also does financial. Is that too much for Richard? When you're talking about your teams, there are you are part of a team that can kind of help if there are things that maybe you're not a, a specialist in. And I guess I'll circle back around to kind of ask, because I know when someone hears the word financial advisor, one of the first things they want to ask is, 
well, what licenses do you hold? So what, 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 uh, what are some of the certifications you have that you can bring to bear and maybe that your team has behind you that helps in that area? So when we're talking like our money management platform, we've got a lot of great people that are back at home office in Illinois that are designing those portfolios and looking at those portfolios and making sure that they still maintain what those particular portfolios are supposed to be. So that's what you pay for when you have a money management type of an account. When it comes to the other types of things, we have an advanced market team that we can work with to create a plan. And if necessary, we also have certified financial planners that can come out with us to the client and help with those particular plans. You talk about trust being a trust bank. Obviously, there's a lot of trust behind there and a a lot of good uh, members of your team. So... Uh, I asked about kind of business owners that are, and, and Mike, jump in anytime here. I was wondering <laughs> if you're going to let me ask a question here or Well, there. you just keep sitting there staring, so let me get out of your way. Well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Start dancing over here? Yes, <laughs> we'd all love that. Both Richards I, just I, nodded I don't, don't want to see that. Oh, okay, I really sorry. don't. You don't <laughs> that's why you have your back to me, by the way. The way you're sitting, your back is to me. I don't know if I've made you mad or whatever. Any, anyway, uh, you know, some people may be hearing about, uh, you know, insurance and this and that and thinking, and their, their eyes are rolling because some people it's intimidating. So let me pivot a little bit. Can you tell us maybe a story of, of a, a success story where somebody had unfortunately a bad, something bad happened, but thank God they had talked to Richard and they were okay. They had something in place. Can sure. you share a story that maybe someone could relate to? Sure. I actually get a lot of, um, now you can turn your back to me again. Okay, I'll turn wow, my back to you. Wow, boy, again. he is. I know, it's right? A little rough on you. I actually have several people that come to us for uh, quotes and for help with their insurance needs. And when I look at their current coverages, I notice a lot of missing coverages. One of those things is uninsured motorist. A lot of people think they can do without that. But I had a couple that had been with us for quite a while get in an accident with uh, someone that only had state minimum. Uh, liability insurance, which in Georgia only pays out $25,000 per person when they injure somebody. Well, this particular couple was a husband and wife in their 60s. They ended up having over $100,000 worth of medical expenses each. So if they did not have that type of coverage on their auto policy for their uninsured motorists, they would have had to come out of pocket for all their medical expenses. But as it was, we were able to give them a $100,000 check each to go towards their medical expenses and make them whole. And that uninsured motorist that they were paying is, is just a few bucks a month. I mean, this is, I mean, the return on that, I hate to say return, but the, the, how that multiplied, that's protection. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not the most expensive type of coverage on the policy. Liability these days is, and that's for a whole other reason, but yeah, for the uninsured motorist, it's not very expensive at all. And to, piggyback on Mike's question. So he did, he asked a great question and I'm going to give him credit for that. I'm also going to add to it. Can I ring the bell? Sure. Bing, bing, bing. You control the bell, man. You've never (laughs) let me control the bell. So, um, but his point is when people think about insurance, I think he said, you know, they roll their eyes or it, it, people can get a little bored of it. Or I think also they might think, Man, people who do insurance, all they're doing is just trying to sell me as many policies as they possibly can. So how do you, how do you, you've been doing this a little while. How how do you balance making sure you're trying to cover their needs without making it seem, you know, without overselling, if I may use that word? Yeah, that's a great word to use. And, you know, we try to educate our clients and then let them make the decision. How do you want to proceed for 
$10 more, you might be able to get this particular type of coverage. I see a lot of people not even carrying uh, roadside assistance or even vehicle rental reimbursement. And what that means is that if they get in an accident, they got to come out of pocket for a rental car. Well, I learned from personal experience way back in the early 90s when um, Hurricane Opal, Opal came through. I did not have that particular coverage, and it cost me like $900 while my car was in the shop for a month. So I have never been without that particular coverage, and yeah. I preach that. If you had a good insurance agent, that would not have happened to exactly. you. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it really is that. It, and so I like what you said. It's a, it's a relational conversation of for only this much more, you could cover this particular instance. And, and, and I, I will say it as someone outside your industry to an extent – there's almost insurance for almost anything, right? You you get they, they're they're offering. I mean, I buy I buy a little uh, case for my phone on Amazon. They're like, you want insurance for this? I'm like, I'm buying a plastic case. I don't need insurance for that, right? So there's insurance for almost anything. So part of your job is to just educate. I I don't think hardly anybody would insure everything, but making the best choices with the dollars they have to allocate to cover as much as they possibly can, so that when the worst happens they've got access to what they need. Um, let me... And I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and if, whether they're with Richard or, or anybody else, uh, how often should a client check in with their Great insurance question. agent to, to maybe see if everything's up to date? So we like in my office to meet with our clients at least once a year. But if they have life changes such as, you know, having a kid or getting divorced or even even getting a raise at work or changing positions at work, they need to have that conversation with their, their uh, professional insurance agents because we need to know, hey, there's more exposed risk. Now you're making more money. Is the liability correct? Those type of things. So if your agent is not reaching out to you to go over those uh, types of things at least once a year, you really need to find a new agent. I asked you before about the biggest mistakes that business owners make or things they're overlooking. Let's talk personally uh, and especially about insurance. I'm, I kind of have an answer in the back of my head. Is is life insurance one of the biggest areas where people are are not doing what they should be doing? I mean, should I mean I would imagine almost anybody under a particular age should have at least some kind of life insurance, especially if they have a spouse and have kids and have people that they want to protect. Is that one? Is that a need you see where you see a lot of people who either don't have any or have barely any life insurance? I see a lot of people that are just making their their primary life insurance coverage the type that get, get through work. Mm -hmm. So, and I should I always tell my clients, you know, that's great that you're taking advantage of that benefit, but that should just be icing on the cake. It should not be the one because what happens if you end up having a short-term disability and are out longer than 90 days? Guess what happens? You're no longer a full-time employee, so that benefit could potentially go away. So, I always advise my clients Let's look at this. Let's look at the type of coverage because every individual's uh, situation is unique. So how much do they need? No idea until we actually meet with the particular client and sit down and see what their needs are. But a lot of people forget about a lot of the things, such as replacing income. Mm. So, you know, they may say, oh, I just need 100000 or I need 150000 Well, maybe, maybe not. Let's really take a look and do a deep dive. And nine times out of ten, that number is way, way off. So we try to come up with a solution for them that doesn't break their budget, but still make sure that they can maintain the lifestyle that they had should something happen to one of the people in the household. Individuals listening to this uh, and especially business owners, it sounds like what they need to do is call, email, 
check your website and set up a, I'm assuming, initial free consultation. No, you're not going to charge for the, for your time. I mean, you should. It's I mean, come on. It. I charge $1,000 an hour. I mean, there you go. No, You've I'm heard just, it here I'm first. Just so. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So uh, consultations are free and 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 at least and like Mike said, if 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 their in current insurance person is not reaching out to them and hasn't reached out in years, I didn't say that. Richard said that. Yeah, they well, <laughs> Rich, you're you're welcome to do a review of their policies. Right. How do people get in touch with you and Country Financial? So they can go to my website at richardyoungagency.com or they can call the office at seven seven zero eight six seven six five six two. Even if they think there's another bond that's their favorite other than Sean Connery, they can... Sure. They can we'll, we'll, we'll have that conversation as well. <laughs> so the Richard, richardyoungagency.com and the phone number 770-867-6562. Richard Young from Country Financial, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Man, we started with bond and you ended with bond. You see that? Nice tie-in. Yeah, that was clo- good. Close and nice. I almost shut you out entirely of an interview. I apologize for that. Uh, Mike, before we get out of here... Some I, people would say that's an upgrade for the show, but... We won't go there. I would not be one of those people. I do want to remind everybody that Gwinnett Business Radio is brought to you by Regions Bank. They are here to help your business's financial future stay on track. Regions Commercial Banking has a team of experienced bankers in Gwinnett who can guide you in all areas of growth. Get the resources you need so every step can move you closer to your business goals. To learn more, visit regions.com forward slash Commercial Dash Banking, Regions Bank, member FDIC. Thank you again, Richard Young, Country Financial, financial advisor there, and Richard Culberson, CEO of North America for Money Penny, for joining us on the show. See, you let me open, but you closed. That was so well. I'm just trying so to get my well words, done. and I'm on paid by the word, by the way. Yeah, and I want to remind everybody that... Uh, what, 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 what? Got to bring in the big guns to do the closing. Wow. Thank you, Richard. See, he saved himself from you pointing out. And he didn't have his back turned to you. He just pivoted in his chair a little bit. Pivot, a very important word from three Say years goodnight, ago. Say goodnight, Stephen. Why? I was having fun. You can check out all uh, past episodes on Gwinnett Business Radio on businessradiox.com. Check us out across our social media at Gwinnett Radio X. So for my host, Mike Salmon, this is your host, Stephen Julian, saying we will catch you next time on Gwinnett Business Radio.